0: Hey, I'm Dean Blandino, and as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast.
1: Lions with it, second and goal from the
2: eight, down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense, takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions. That's it, pack
1: the bag, starts the plane. This game is over. How big is that?
0: And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast your detroit lions and reddit connection and now two guys who haven't scored since 1958 chris and case hey howdy ho lions
3: fans welcome to the detroit lions podcast this is episode 170 this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How are you doing, my man? Chris, I
4: ha- I am sick. I have a cold. I've been sucking down cough drops like, well, y- you figure it out. I got a couple uh, things I could say here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm blaming kids entirely. It's not even my kids i, I don 't have kids I specifically don 't have kids like that was an intentional choice, but but other
3: people 's kids uh, get sick back to school, and here I am mm. having to deal with it i 'm mm. sorry to hear that, buddy, but thanks for making the show. We know know how much people miss you when you're not here so uh we're going we got a good show today we're uh we're back with that uh that segment we introduced last week we're putting them on blast we're going to talk about blunt's big sack we're going to preview the patriots and we got a whole lot more got a great show lined up case you ready to go my man keep your damn kids to yourself
0: let's kick this off and break it down
3: All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... (laughs) Wow. Guam. <laughs> and of course our very first donor Mathis. And uh, also Brian B. from I Prevail. Got a lot of great Patreon lovers out there. Thank you guys for joining the Patreon peeps. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You can sign up to help us out. Give a little as a dollar a month or, you know, your your entire fortune in, in a month. That'd be a great way to go to help support the show. Help us do the stuff we're going to do. Having a great time with the Patreon peeps and the Slack. Great chat going on. Good quality. I mean, this is this is a step above every other place I found to have conversations. I'm glad we did that. Also, we're uh, we've been kicking on trying to get this pre-show video, but Case was so dead today; he wasn't he wasn't able to help us get it. But the Patreon people will get the pre-show show, which is going to be the show Damn show faux show. <laughs> so check us out again: Patreon.com/slash/DetroitLionsPodcast. Uh, help us out, uh, donate to the show, and uh, help us grow and build out this to the amazing stuff we want to have. Give us a like on Facebook, Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, and on the Twitter machine at D E T Lions Podcast. D E T Lions Podcast, the very best place to see case. Hacking up along. Beautiful, beautiful picture. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. We had our very, very first live post game show and it was of course on youtube great place to check it out we got great video next show will not be after the patriots game because it's going to be too late but uh, after the dallas game and we're going to have the whole shebang we should have case we should have sandman mike the ambling bastard me the glorious chris and so much more youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast get your subscription in and make sure to click on the little ding dong bell there so you get notified when we go live Make sure to rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. We love those five-star reviews. Let people know what you think of the show if you're going to give it five stars. Give us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or you can call us on the Lions line, 929-33-Lions. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show.
0: Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit.
3: All right, let's talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And in case you weren't here last week, but we started this new thing. And uh, it, last week, it was like 15 minutes, 16 minutes of, of phone calls. People just putting the, the team on blast. Uh, this week, a few it's a little less. We're down to about 10 minutes. But uh, I'm, I'm sure you want to hear what people got to say, right? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> we got a lot going on I'm here. I'm sure it'll be a very positive experience for everyone. Um, there's some good stuff here. There is. There's some really good stuff here. Three of the people killed it at the three-minute mark. They got cut off. <laughs> they went, they went Malcolm-style, which is, I think, really the only way to do it anymore. But, all right, let's 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 do it. Let's put the team on blast.
1: Hey, it's Andrew from Kalamazoo again this week. Thought about the game yesterday. Um, I know a lot of people have negative feelings about it as do I. But uh, I want to start off with a couple of positives I just away from this game. Um, first off, I'd like to say that the run game seemed to have improved a little bit. Um, what I I didn't really take notes on it, but I saw that Garrett Blunt seemed to have a better game running the ball. Um, you know, it's like he was popping, you know, six, seven yards carry every time I saw him get the ball. Um, I don't really know where Kerryon Johnson's at. He seems to be dead in this offense. But uh So that's my first plus. My second plus the Stafford seemed to be upright this game. The offensive line didn't seem to fall apart, which I think is big in taking this team forward. Third, I, it was nice to see Prater actually make a field goal. I mean, coming off of last season, you know, I was kind of worried about that. Um, and then our team played well in strides, but they just they couldn't hold it together the entire game. And uh I feel like these strides, of you know, accomplishments came from our offense teaming. And our offense team put us in position to succeed. And I, I think the coaches did a decent job of that on offense. I know you guys didn't agree with that in your post-game show. But I think Jim Bob kind of put them in a position to succeed with the plays that He was calling where he had, you know, someone streaking on the sideline, and they were open every time, and Stafford just couldn't hit them. I know he missed five. That Maybe not touchdown catches. You know, two of them were debatable, but they were, like, decent chunk yards, and Stafford missed them and missed them bad. I think that Stafford needs to play better. He is an NFL quarterback. And I, I hold my quarterback to a higher standard than that. He needs to make those throws. That's his job. And uh, I, I was disappointed with Stafford's play. I think that the defense, you know, they didn't play the best since the entire game. But I feel that, you know, Stafford, if he makes those throws, you know, it's a completely different ball game, and we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Um. You know, other than Stafford's poor play, you know, Riddick catch the ball. And Tate, I don't know what's up with that, dropping four balls. I think that's kind of kind of sad on his part. And then the the penalty at the end, you know, you can say that costs the game. But we shouldn't be in that position to begin with. You know, defense playing better or not, Stafford needs to make those throws. Ultimately, I put the fault on him. I just,
5: you know... Hey Chris, uh, this is uh, Alex from uh, Kalamazoo. Um, I'm, I usually follow you guys on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is Honolulu Blue Balls. Um, and I was listening to the podcast this morning uh, and suffered a flat tire on the way to work. So thought I'd give you guys a ring to because uh, I'm uh, I'm waiting for a tow. I much how much else I can do is kind of talk about the last couple of games, I suppose. Um, I, I really, I really, really, really wish that things would have gone different in San Francisco, but they really didn't. Um, I honestly, like if looking at like Monday night's game and uh, Sunday's game, like, it seriously, like if Monday was like the birth of this team, like end of the season, like Sunday's game was like the gross, like placenta, like afterbirth, like it just. This look real sloppy. It didn't didn't really look like what what you'd expect from this defense. Like this front seven honestly looks like like a like a group of mental defectives. Like it just really isn't what I expected to see. It looks like five gallons of, sh- of like shark shit. Like it, that, that's how bad it looks. The, the front seven, it looks like like Matt Patricia is one of those like community organizers, and he put on like feed the homeless event and all they had to do was, like, play to eat. That, that That's how frustrating it was. Um, it, like, I, I, I seriously was watching it, and they're turning every, like, running back that they run into, every no-name running back into some, like, all-star. Like, I had the same feeling, like, that you had as a Lions fan, like, pre-Jim Schwartz, you know, where they're, like, rolling John Kitten out there to play the, the Philadelphia Eagles. We, it was, like, when get, they get they get murdered, you know, and I understand they didn't get murdered in this game, you know, I, I get it, but it just still looked, it just still looked really bad, and like, like the best that we're stuck with, unfortunately, right now, is one of those, like, Detroit Lions, like, Akuna Matata seasons, where you kind of, just like, hey, you don't really worry about it, because it's the Lions, so we're just going to deal with it, you know, and. It's it's frustrating, you know. I I talk about you know, with you know, other friends and coworkers about the long suffering line fan and like it just it feels the season feels like a repeat of like some some early two thousand team. It just just super frustrating. Um it, the, the defense like seriously makes that front seven makes me so frustrated when you watch like them. You, you, you watch like the linebackers and, and the defensive linemen all hit the same gap at the same time. It's like what what is going on here? Like, and it happens more than once where you're like, I, why would you guys do that? Like, if 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 your friend's going into into one hole, you you wouldn't want to go also go in there. Like, it doesn't it, that, that doesn't make any sense on any on any level. It, okay. Hey, Chris,
2: Dave, and Riz, This is Alex from Calmestu. I just wanted to check in with some of my thoughts on the game uh, yesterday. I have way too many thoughts and not enough time. Uh, I know that I'm going to get cut off by the 3 minutes mark here, so just bear with me. Um, first of all, I just wanted to comment on the offense. Uh, a few things. First of all, JBC, uh, Jim Bob, uh, had a mixed bag as far as yesterday's play calling. I saw some, you know, parts of creativity with, uh, you know, three-down sets, and when they had Riddick and carry on in the shotgun next to Stafford to offer more protection, um, and also I think that has some versatility to that set as far as you know what you can do with two bags in the shotgun there, um, especially uh, with carry-on, who's great getting hands off uh, the shotgun. So that's interesting to see more of that coming forward, especially if the pressure starts to build on Stafford. Um, as far as pass rush is concerned, if some of our uh, linemen uh, got forbid, big go down or anything like that. Um, also, uh, I do remember, and I will never forget, JVC calling a draw dump off draw combo uh, when we had a first in twenty-seven. Uh, sometime in the middle of the game there. That was absolutely disgraceful, and I wanted to fire him, and I kind of still do just for that fucking series right there because that was just disgraceful. I don't know what in the hell they were thinking there. That's just throwing away a drive. You just don't tell me you were trying to do anything but throw away that drive and play conservative-ass football. So that was garbage. Defensively, I wanted to say uh, loves the front seven. Uh, Getting big stacks without Diggy, I mean, that was beautiful. I love that J.R. has got a few. That just helps his confidence in the in the game. I know he did have a lot to uh, hang his hat on up until uh, yesterday when he got two sacks, and uh, he's still missing tackles. He's still over-pursuing, but hopefully he gets that down in time. He's just so damn fast. Instinctive. Um, um, although I do think those instincts might be hurting him and some of the other guys as far as gap responsibility, so that's an interesting uh, dilemma there. Um, also, they were a cover sack, half of those sacks. That means that the backfield was just, taking all over their men, and that just made me feel – that makes my heart warm to think about that. Also, Eli Harold, shout-out to him. First game on the Lions. He has his first act against his former team, who ditched him way too early, if you ask me. Um, and I just think that yeah, he can do some great things for us, and they didn't give him enough of a chance. So um, I'd love to see that, and i love to see his uh, emotions and uh, his, his uh, personality that he'll bring to the locker room. Um, I mean, we saw a lot of passion out there from Riddick, from Luke Garrett, from Harrell. I mean, there's just, it was all over today. The National and the Detroit media saying that, you know, Patricia lost his team, they can go fuck themselves so hard into next Sunday. I mean, it's just amazing. And not just the national media. I expect that from the national media, but from the Detroit media, from Justin Rogers, from fucking what's his name, E-ho, whatever. whatever. Uh, from I mean, we expect from Carlos, from Dave Burkett now. I mean, the, every article that came out after the game yesterday acted as if they just got blown out of the water. Um, it's obvious that they are the huge between Fisher and the press reporters, at least the ones that do his press conferences, and it absolutely is disgusting um, if you ask me uh, to see, you know, some of the cheap shots they try to take at hand. All right, boys, love the show.
5: Now, it's a Monday afternoon, and uh, I've had, you know, about 24 hours to let this last game sink in. Now, maybe it's too soon to be thinking this far ahead. I'm not by any means giving up on this year, but uh, bear with me for a second. Let's get out the tinfoil hats and Eh, maybe consider this. Do you think they might be planning a little more for next year? That may be why we're not seeing on Johnson get the workload that many of us hope for. That may be why Bob Quinn guaranteed Johnson won't get injured this year. As you know, we also probably won't have Golden Tate on the roster next season, which may be why Galladay has been getting the starts over him. Uh, these are just a few things, not to mention, uh, I believe it was you guys who said, Anza and Lang could both be gone next year, and that would mean 30 million more in cap room. Not to mention whatever Tate's making. Granted, we do have on a good contract right now. So I don't know. Am I crazy? Is there something to it? I'll hang up and listen. Have a good one, guys.
3: All right. So I don't think that they're paying those guys to uh, to not perform. <laughs> we'll just start with that right there. This is this is what they got. Really? That's a <laughs> awesome. hot take. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. This place is smoking Um, No they're they're not I mean they're always planning for next year And I think Quinn is a longer term thinker Especially longer term than Mayhew was Mayhew was like a win now Or die kind of guy And that's why we had all those cap issues For so long every year um I just feel like this is this isn't the case and so so don't think that way. I think what you're seeing is a result of a team with a lot of new things going on and growing pains with the new coach and um some unexpected uh, I think week 1 was just completely unexpected by everybody and I think everybody came out and I don't know that they were unprepared. I don't know if that's the word I'd use, but they they certainly all seem to have a bad game from quarterback to kicker end to end.
4: Yeah, I mean and unfortunately I wasn't able to be here last week to, you know, put in my two thought two cents about uh that I thought most of what we saw was a fluke. How many how many four interception games has Stafford thrown in his career? And I'm not saying that this game was it you know, the best of Stafford's career by any means. I mean, hundred plus pass rating aside, uh, it, it he certainly missed some throws, and, and I don't think there's anybody arguing with that. Um, but things it wasn't the same as last week. And anybody who's thinking that what happened in week one and what happened in week two are the same category, I, I just can't even Okay. So Here's what's pissing me off. This whole offseason, this whole offseason, what did I say? I said, there's going to be some growing pains. There's going to be some growing pains. We're going to have to deal with some shit, uh, especially in the two main areas of our weakness. And, and those two things being the defense and the run game. It's not going to happen overnight. And so, you know, throw week one out the window, in my personal opinion. Because, I mean, I don't think week one is indicative of how this team will play in the future. Um, It certainly wasn't wasn't indicative of how they played week two. And if you disagree with that, if you think week one and week two were similar, then we're not even remotely on the same page. Week two was a more accurate representation of where this team is now. And where they hopefully will go, you know, and, and, and I think we two was a very accurate representation of where their weaknesses lie. And, and there were lots of things that still need to be fixed, but I spent this entire fucking off season talking about managing expectations in these areas that need growth. We hired a whole new coaching staff, Jim Bob Cooter. And I'm not here to defend Jim Bob Cooter necessarily. Although, I mean, the pass game, despite the, despite the four or five bad deep throws by Stafford still did a really good job overall. And despite the, the wide receivers not doing a great job of getting open, he still managed to get them to 27 points. Like that's not, a small feat. There's a lot of teams out there that are doing worse, and I think that's an important point. There are a lot of teams out there who are doing a lot worse mm-hmm. uh, on offense, and, and and it would be great if the if the if the run game was a big part of that, and and hopefully over time that will happen. It's coming. Um, but to have expected it from the get-go this year, you were setting yourself up as, uh, for failure as a fan. You were setting yourself up for disappointment. A- and I-, I feel like, okay, so I-, I think maybe I'm preaching to the choir, to a large portion of our listeners. But I've also seen a lot of comments, both from our listeners and from people who are clearly not our listeners, who are throwing in the towel Period, end of story. This this year is over, this coaching staff is over, kick everyone out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of work to be done. But everything I said this offseason is is where they are. There is room to work. There, there was always going to be a lot to get done. And, and and it feels frustrating to me and, and this is this is somewhat delusions of grandeur just like because I have a mic and, and some people listen to me. So like I'm not trying to pretend that I'm more important than I am.
3: But something? it does
4: feel <laughs> it does it does feel frustrating to have sat here and harped on this all off season long. And then for it to come to fruition, almost, almost, of course, I didn't predict they were going to lose as badly to the Jets as they did in week one. I didn't predict they were going to lose the Jets in week one at all. But in week two, they looked like exactly the team that I thought they would look like. Exactly. I can't even, I can't even like get any, any, you know, closer to what I would have predicted this team to look like than what they looked like in week two a flawed team that makes mistakes, a team that is still learning how to run the ball, a team that is still learning how to play defense, than what they look like. So it's frustrating to me to sit here and and listen to comments that are, that are denigrating, you know, uh, um, us or, you know, just the lines in general, whatever for giving them a pass. I'm not giving them a fucking pass. I was never giving them a pass. I was never saying that this team shouldn't be better. They should be better. But when you're changing as much as they're changing, and especially when you're looking at the overhaul of the coaching staff with, again, one guy essentially in Jim Bob Cooter being the only remaining member of the coaching team, and I'm not talking about head coach, defensive coordinator, uh, but everything underneath both of those guys, all the offensive line coordinators, all that stuff changing. If you were expecting everything to work out week one and week two, if you were expecting everything to work out week one and week two, you were setting yourself up for disappointment. And uh, I'm sorry that you were, and I'm sorry that you're angry now, but you did that to yourself. And I'm not, uh, I don't like to say that because I don't like to, you know, it's not that I have a problem with people getting their expectations high. It's that when you take those high expectations and look at like, um, and again, I understand that the week one loss to the Jets was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for me. I literally turned the game off and walked away early in the fourth quarter. And I don't think I've ever, ever done that in a Lions game before. I just couldn't take it anymore.
3: You know, ESPN um, did that for us. They invoked the, the TV mercy rule <laughs> and gave us some freedom so that we didn't have any pain. Right, right. And
4: and it, it, like that, un, under those extremes, I understand. You know, like I, I, I do understand not being able to physically put yourself through that kind of torture anymore. So I get that. But week two wasn't like that. Week two was... A good
3: ish game from the Lions. Not great, not great by any means. It could have been a game, any game from last year. That's that's what I saw there. Right. It was it was coming down to the the, the comeback at the end, and with the level. And so I'm I'm still positive on this team, and you can call me a slappy. You can call me whatever I want. Although I think if anyone who's listened to us for any length of time will know that I'm not a slappy. I'm a fan. But I'm not slappy for this team. And uh, I think this is a team that can turn around. And especially, I mean, you, you look at the difference between the Jets game and between the, uh, the, the the Niners game, right? We're now, after the Niners game, where we were last year. If we continue to improve from there, we're going to see. I mean, we saw some great moves from the defense. We saw some sacks. We saw the, some life in the offense. And we saw some failures along the way as well. But, ooh, boy, if we improve even 20% more than where we were here. We're a damn good team. We're 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 a team that can compete in this league. And you know, there's a lot of teams that can't. There's a lot of really really bad teams in the league right now. And I, it it's tough because I get the emotion. I, I exactly like you're saying. But the reactions, you 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 control how you react to things that that's the bottom line if you if you if you don't admit to controlling your reaction then you may be a psychopath <laughs> you you <laughs> own your reactions and to to have a complete burn it all down kind of mentality after one game that we saw, and it's not as bad this week. But after that Jets game, people were absolutely. They were saying, "Fire! Strange Stafford fired Patricia." It was insane. It was absolute insanity. I get being mad, and you know, for two days or three days, scream it, scream crazy things. But but at some point, be rational and think about what you're looking at. Think about where things are going and what this team is. And and to to have a franchise that's been so bad for so long and have lived through it now now is when you're going to jump ship now is when you want to burn it all down you really don't know how to live how to win you you really are uh destined to have a bad team as the one you're you're hunting because you have no idea of what a good team in in building a good team looks like i know some people have said that uh you know quinn said it's not a, a rebuilding year this year and I don't think it's a rebuilding every coach
4: and every GM ever has said that every single season. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm that's a hyperbole. I'm sure that, and I, I actually can think of a few times when that wasn't true, yeah. but like 90% of the time that's true. And, and so, I don't life.
3: I don't remember Quinn saying it's a win now mode. Someone said that and and had tweeted that at me uh over yesterday or the day before. And uh, I don't remember him saying win now from and, and maybe he did, but I don't think anyone expected a Super Bowl in year 1 of the Matt Patricia reign. Uh it, it, there's just there's just too many things that still have to be ironed out, but certainly this team is trending in the right direction. Certainly, with a rookie coach, there's a little bit of growing pains. There's there's new things that you're putting in place. This is the thing we expected. We talked about the three year plan. Remember that part of that got yeah. blown up because we kept freaking Caldwell an extra year, which threw everything. Which basically the three year plan was based on hiring a new coach, having the first year with a coach getting their legs under them and, and getting the improvements in place, and then the second year really being able to make a run at it. This is that first year. Right, this is that first year, and this is you're going to see games like that, like you saw with the Jets. You're going to see games like we saw against the Niners. You're going to see some really, really great games. Um, the idea of sinking the ship, though, and and the reaction that people had, I'm I'm embarrassed for them. I mean, it's it's it, it, I mean, the loss in, in 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 at home against New York and them doing the Jets chant. It certainly was. We said it. It was humiliating. But you know what? You you, you just you just move on. You can't you can't you can't just burn it down. That's, that's a childlike reaction. That's you've got to be better than that. Everybody's got to be you better don't, than that. Do you know? Valenti's what, not franchise? better than that. And that's why you get that kind of garbage on the radio. Sorry. Go ahead.
4: Oh no, you're fine. Uh There's a lot of franchises out there who have done more of that. Just burn it down to the ground than the lions have in recent years. Mm-hmm. And, none of them have had great success.
3: I'm trying to think who's the burn it down to the ground team. The last one that we remember that's had great success. Think through the last 10 Super Bowl winners. Did any of those three years before burn it all to the ground? And even the young head coaches in the league who've had success over the last few years, they
4: didn't inherit teams that burned everything to the, to the ground. They inherited teams that were ready to roll. So, I mean, like you, you can, you can criticize, Patricia, and I I don't have a problem with looking at... the things that they've not been able to do objectively this far, yep. I was certainly hoping that they'd be able to come out and be more effective in areas they were weak last year, like covering tight ends, which still sucks. George Kittle got the best of us in a way that I was very much hoping yeah, was, wouldn't happen. I uh, was worried. So Understand that I'm I'm not like I'm not I'm not sitting over here rah 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 like I'm not sitting over here saying everything's okay with this team. I'm not, I, and and unlike you, you know, and I, I it, it's not. Not that I disagree with you 100%. I do think there's a chance the Lions could still be in contention. I'm not going to be surprised if Lions aren't in contention for a Super Bowl. Or aren't in contention, excuse me, aren't in contention for the playoffs this year. Um, But it it isn't that I don't understand where you're coming from because I do think that there's that potential still, especially if the kind of improvement we saw from week one to week two could carry on. But uh, (laughs) just this assumption that the ship is sunk, Two weeks into the
3: season, get a fucking grip! Or, or seriously, that, no, 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 get a fucking grip! And it's what, not over. Oh, or, or that nine and seven. If we don't get nine and seven, that's a failure. We should have kept Caldwell. That's, yeah, that's no, ridiculous. And, well, that's, and that's, there's a lot of
4: revisionist stuff going on about Caldwell right now yeah, too. Yeah, yeah people yeah. saying, "Oh, Caldwell was the best coach the Lions ever had." Did you huh. not watch? Lions games during Caldwell era. I know that Matthew Stafford was able to do amazing things a couple of years ago uh, and put up those amazing fourth quarter comebacks but it wasn't be- but I mean it's not the- because of Caldwell. was the reason that they were put in that, in that situation and that was never going to be sustainable to begin with and so that was never going to be a situation that you want to find yourself in as often as they did and you know hopefully they're able to find a way to be more consistent And I'm not saying they will. the, The thing with hiring Caldwell, or excuse me, hiring Patricia, was never about saying that Patricia is going to be a success, is decidedly, undoubtedly going to be a success. There's always a risk. There's always a risk. He might still be a... I mean, he might be a dud. I don't know. You don't know. Nobody fucking knows. But why stick... With a mediocre situation that's not going to win you a Super Bowl, that might get you to a playoffs. Maybe one year you'll win a win one playoff game, but you're certainly never going to go beyond that. And as opposed to moving on to a situation that has a higher ceiling, even if it starts off with a lower floor.
3: And and these same people would be mad anyway, just for a different reason. Why did we get rid of Caldwell? Oh my god! It's always you're right about the revisionist piece. There's so many people out there that that are revised history. And there's so many people out there that are just absolute naysayers and, and they live to be right about the lions not being great. And, and I mean, like <laughs> it's incredible. It's just incredible. The type of fans that this team has, uh, or, or the type of people around the fans, this team has. And I, I don't think being a fan means you can't criticize because there's plenty of things to criticize. There's plenty of things that need to get fixed, but sense people saying Bob Quinn is garbage, needs to be fired, Martin Mayhew is better. I'm like, man, that's just where are you where are you where are you getting this? Where are you getting this? You have so little data to work to work from. You 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 just look like a fool, an over-emotional, reactive fool. Get get some data, let some time pass and see. You can't really tell. Unfortunately, you can't grade a GM in two years, three years, four years. You need historical data. It's a long-term position that takes that is really hindsight gives you the best opportunity to grade him. Mayhew was terrible. He hit on a bunch of of of, uh, of picks, but let's be honest, we picked really high all the time when Mayhew was in there. So you're guaranteed to to hit some people right along the way. It's just it's just the way that's a, the nature of picking high all the time. He also picked fucking Eric Ebron tenth. Eric Ebron's a fine tight end. It didn't work out and it all started. The not working out started picking him tenth overall in a fucking draft. That was yep. a fucking incompetent move. Absolutely yep. incompetent. But that's the guy you want instead. He's whoa, oh, he's better than Quinn. You're a fool. You're a fool if you say that. So now
4: anyway. again. I I, I want I I want to reiterate. There are things that I am upset with about this team, and there are things that like I'm watching every week. I am I am not sold on Jim Bob Cooter. I have not been sold on Jim Bob Cooter since he got here. There are things I think he does well overall, despite the fact that our pass game was less than perfect. They still did okay, um, and, and and I mean they have a great receiving course, so that helps. Uh, despite the fact that it wasn't their best game uh, the, the lack of the run game is an issue and i'm i'm watching it i'm watching it believe me i'm not i'm not sitting there saying oh i'm 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 giving him a pass on that that's that's the contention here is is saying you know just because i'm not throwing in the towel 100% doesn't mean i'm not concerned i am concerned but again When we hired this coaching staff, what did I say? I said, we hired a coaching staff full of nobodies beyond Patricia and beyond Jim Bob Cooter. Because that was the situation they were in this offseason. So this is a year of challenges for that group, that group of coaches. And if they fail, you're going to see a lot of overturn on that coaching staff. And frankly, I think there's a very good chance you'll see a lot of upgrade in that coaching staff uh, yeah, sure. because, because, guys, because there will be less coaching turnover la- last year than there was this year. And so there'll be more opportunities out there to get guys with high upside. This last offseason, there just wasn't the opportunity to get very many guys with high upside at, on, on, at, at smaller roles. If it wasn't an offensive coordinator, uh, a head coach, or a defensive coordinator, there just weren't very many options. And even in those positions, things were limited. And so if it doesn't, if things don't go out, if things don't go well this year, we don't win the Super Bowl. I mean, shocking a prediction as that may be, there will likely be some turnover. And so I want to see, I want to see what this team can do with the guys they have. Okay. And calm down and say, let's see if they can improve on that after the fact as opposed to saying well if they can't win in year one week what the one. fuck are we doing no well, year one if they can't win in year one if they can't win the super bowl this year they're doing it why week the run. hell do we have patricia why the hell do we have anybody on this team we should burn the whole fucking thing down people why don't were, why do we have stafford stafford's a pile of shit he's never won us anything important
3: but that's the thing i mean even after year one it's more it's more understandable but after week one people doing that that's ridiculous. Like you said, I have no problem calling this team out for the things they aren't doing well. But you know what? I've told I've said it all preseason and, and into the first week's game and the game against the Packers and the and the Bears, week one is fool's gold. Nothing is real. It's really just the first kind of most important preseason game kind of unloading itself. You see the Packers never do well early in the season. They, they always, they, it always takes them time to, to kind of get their legs under them. Right. Week one is, is almost a meaningless game. You can't base anything off of what you see in week one. People are just performing wildly outside of the norm. You need data. You need, you need more information we will absolutely be there to call people out on their, on their failures or shortcomings or areas they need to improve. That's, that's not, we're not against that at all. You know that. You, you people have listened to us, you know that. But you need data to do that. One bad game in week one is a stupid time to say fire the coach. Really, really dumb. Uh, week two, well, that seems to have been a little bit of a regression to the mean. It's an improvement. Is it regression to the mean? Is it re- improvement? Is it an arc of improvement? We don't know. We don't have enough data. Um, well, I'll, I'll say it now. I'll, I'll mention it again later, though. What happens if we beat the Patriots? What the fuck are you people going to do? You're gonna be, you're gonna, your heads are going to explode in schizophrenic fits. You're not going to know what to think of this team. I won't know what to think of this team. Right. And and I won't be able to draw a three game line saying that, oh, my God, we're going to the Super Bowl now because we beat the Patriots because look at how much we've improved. Right. We need more data to be able to make these kind of calls and and understand what we're looking at. It usually takes the first quarter of the season before you can start making some pretty good generalizations in that way. So just call me shorts, take a breath, and let's approach this a little bit more realistically, a little bit less emotionally day one day two after the game event go ahead and vent whatever you want to do celebrate vent whatever happens react accordingly but then get your brain back on you know put your emotions back down start using your brain and thinking about what is it that you're seeing and react that way and 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 think about the game that's all i gotta say Anything else you want to add to that case? Sorry I, I, I know no I think we got
4: I think we got most of my feelings <laughs>
3: out there. I, I, my, my
4: throat is really sore, so like yeah. that was about as much on that topic as I can as I can handle
3: it. Right okay, that, that's cool. So uh, hey, really quick let's uh let's hit the one thing that we always have to hit fanatics you guys are, are really helping us out it's it's how we get these freebies to give away like we had at the the party we've hit a couple of freebies that we've given away throughout the the last couple of years fanatics is working with us and doing really really great stuff to get um giveaways going those 25 five dollar gift cards we had six of them to give away at the party case they were so so cool um, but in th- those of all been distributed, we should see some more here shortly, but it's, it's you guys using the fanatics link, the shop link from Detroit lions, podcast.com to get your stuff. That's what helps this relationship go. What's help, helps us get this stuff out to folks. So head on over. If you're going to get any kind of sports stuff, memorabilia, jerseys, you know, t-shirts, pajamas, toasters, whatever else you want to get Detroit lions, podcast.com. Use the shop link and, uh, or the hamburger button on your mobile and head on over to Fanatics and, and pick all your stuff up. They give us a, a kickback if you get there from our site. help helps support us and helps us get those great giveaways to help give back to our community. So thanks, everybody, for doing that. All right, well, let's uh, let's go through the 49ers-Lions game here. Really quick uh, case. Everyone's seen it. I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time breaking down the game itself, but I think there's some players and some plays we can talk about. Um, why don't you just do a quick overview of your, your thoughts on the game? and um and we'll go from there
4: yeah um <laughs> I, there i mean if if i want to look at positives and i do uh there were quite a few things i thought i thought that creative pressure uh brought by scheme is still something that this team is growing into but we obviously saw some sacks happen this year or this game, excuse me, week two mm-hmm. that we didn't see last week. And 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 some, some creative use of players, uh stunts and 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 blitzes and things like that. Uh and when we talked in the preseason about how vanilla they were being and, and even in week one, when it didn't look like they'd done much, mm-hmm. there was a there was a degree of, you know, well, this is still an evolving situation. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they were I I can't remember the total number of sacks, five or six, uh but we three saw it. Jared Davis, there was one from Eli Harold. There were uh, one or two from Devin Kennard, and and I'm very happy with that
3: signing. Um, yeah, much, <laughs> uh, m- much more credit than we gave him because, boy, is he looking yeah. good out there. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, Christian Jones might have been the last one. I'm not sure if he was, but, but, uh, he certainly made a play in the game that I remember off the top of my head. Um, and, and so there, that was some stuff that I like to see, um, more creative usage of that. And if that continues, uh, it certainly wasn't consistent and, and uh, it's tough to make that kind of thing consistent so it is we are very much looking at a similar situation to what the Patriots were trying to do with their front seven that was weak last year um, what they're doing now is not totally different so hopefully they will continue to grow into that scheme in the front seven and be able to, to contribute um, the back end is not as strong as I want it to be
3: Excuse or what we me. thought it would be either
4: yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um there are again that's you know your back end as good as they were last year if you're if you're missing slave for chunks of games and God willing he's you know ready to roll next week um and, and Quinn is you know not playing a, as well as he has in the past and I, I'm not trying to write him off necessarily, but we, we, there is cause for concern. Um, they're not playing quite as well as they did last year. Um, but I mean, until the front seven is truly, you know, putting them in a good position, they're going to have a hard time looking good. Um, and and so uh, it's tough. It's always difficult for me to judge secondaries until I see a, a static uh, performance from an uh, from a front seven. Um and, and so once we get a more static performance from the front seven. Uh and uh so I mean, I mean that's that that's okay. The defense is still evolving. I'm fine with
3: that. Yeah. Um, Offense is evolving. Uh we want to see more for Stafford. He didn't perform at at Stafford levels. Um some some weird passes, some other things going on um, the line looked good overall. The run game was was decent. It wasn't spectacular, but all these things are getting better from week to week. We'll see how they, they are next week. It's, it's truly a test, and we'll talk about what to look for against the Pats coming up here. All right, let's get into some of the individual player stuff here. First off, um, Kenny Galladay. And he was the, he was like one of the few bright spots in the Jets game. He came out and uh, very very bright spot again, right? I mean, this guy, this is one of those things we talked about, and I think we saw glimpses of what we could. He was get the from one this.
4: guy that I hung my hat on this offseason. and oh, said, he's, Jesus, gonna, be he's gonna be good. He's gonna be good. This we, is what I told you so. He's gonna be good. Well, so <laughs> we wanted
3: to see that, right? And we thought even if he only he was only incrementally better, the way this. Offense was set up with carry on in the backfield, which I think we'll be seeing more of. Um, and 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 Tate, who we hope we see a little bit uh, more speed out of Jones, a little bit more speed Stafford so actually hitting the ball with the people. Oh, All the guys Scott playing
4: Tate play was amazing. The one, the sixty-seven <laughs> yeah. yarder was yeah. yeah, that was classic Tate. That was
3: yep. brilliant. Seeing these guys, I mean, seeing these guys play the way we know they can play when that happens, this offense is going to be on fricking fire. It is going to be absolutely fire. And it goes back to what we talked about with the defense being the defense we have. This is a team that's going to have to outscore the other teams to win. I think this defense might be good enough to put them in a position to do that. If, if things continue in the direction they have been, and I think they will continue to get better, this is an opportunity where this offense clicks, we're going to win games, and we're going to win a lot of them. So that's, that's really interesting. Kenny Galladay really, really adds a whole new dimension to this offense and opens shit up like crazy.
4: That body control is just absurd oh and, and I, I can't get over it. So, yeah, yeah he, he's going to be he's uh, <laughs> I really hate <laughs> making predictions like these, but he's going to be a star. He's going to be the number one receiver on this team in a couple of years.
3: Yeah, yeah, he will. Um, all right. Let's talk about um, Kelly Stafford had a little Instagram piece uh, that was out there in support of LeGarrette Blunt. and. Um, and uh it was put in the in the reddit by uh, 26.2 pipe dream um after blunt took out lee uh we outscored the 49ers, 14 to nothing. I'm going to tell you, I think that might be one of those turning point moments for a team. We talked a little bit about it where, um, you know, when, when you get to that, that playoff story, they always love to tell the underdog story and the Cinderella story in the, that playoff game. Every team has a point in the year where things were really looking down. And it was almost, it looked like it was over. And then this, this that Jets game, everything looked like it was over. This game, we were down and then down. Blunt said no you don't touch my Did quarterback an like that. Thing yeah. That seemingly cost the team, mm-hmm. but that could certainly be an opportunity for this this team to rally, and um, right. they they seem to right there, and hopefully that carries over from through the next couple of weeks and shows them, look, we're not taking shit. Our quarterback's our guy. We're going to stand up for him, and and like I said, even Kelly was on Instagram talking about how awesome Blunt was for doing that. So so good job, yeah, Kelly. I, I, good job, yeah. Blunt. Good job, Lions on that one.
4: I don't care if he got ejected. I I am in favor of
3: that move. Absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent. So good job on that. Love it. And um, blunt man, what an addition to this team. You know, it, he's he he brings more than just his ability to run. He had some really nice plays out there, some really nice runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that spirit that that means something. And that's a spirit of a winner. And that's what you really want to see. Uh, when you get your team out there in the field some good stuff um with that oh my goodness is this an ugly lion sweater that you're showing me on the oh yeah it is oh my goodness oh boy Guess that's where i got it fanatics <laughs> no
4: i got it on amazon
3: nice nice it is cool oh man well maybe you take a picture of it and i'll put it up on the on the site and uh People may want to go after that. I'll find that. But uh, actually, I'll put a link to it so people can get that, that sweet lion sweater. But Amazon, what a great way to go, huh? Speaking of Amazon case, I, I, it's it's interesting that you bring that up because um, they love it when people come to DetroitLionsPodcast.com and use that Amazon link to go get their sweaters or whatever else they want to buy. Did you know that?
4: I did know that, oh, and, I, and I did do that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you you helped me on the segue. When we go to video, people are going to love that. They're going to be able to have the <laughs> visual segue to go with it. So, yeah, anything you're going to get on Amazon is a great way to support the show. Go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Hammer your button on your phone, or there's a, there's a little uh, animated, not animated, shit, a little graphic uh, link you can click on, or hit the shop button, take you over to Amazon, get your stuff. They like to hear that you came from the Detroit Lions Podcast, and they say, hey, we going to give those guys a little bit of a kickback and help them out. So anytime you go to Amazon, DetroitLionsPodcast.com and, and use that as your gateway to Amazon. We appreciate all of you who do that. Um, let's talk about something super impactful or has the potential to be impactful. Um, Darius Slay going out with a concussion. We talked about it a little bit on the live show. You know, Case, when, when somebody falls backwards and snaps that back of their head and takes a shot, those are always the worst head head injuries right Mm -hmm. and number one i don't know why this wasn't a penalty but he lowered the helmet and the helmet hit Slay in the back of the head it's that same type of snap and that's that's kind oh god it's it's a terrible spot to take a shot uh so a tweet today from uh from darius though and dr fig or something like that i'm not gonna be able to pronounce it because there's way more consonants than vowels in that one um put the darius Slay tweet up there of trust the process with the armstrong hopefully this is a sign that uh, Darius is okay and he's going to be coming back, maybe working the protocol and and making progress. Um, I feel like it would be really, really difficult to face the Patriots without Darius on the field.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um I like I liked coming into this year where our secondary was, and I still think that you know even even if Quinn has lost a step, I still think they have a lot of upside as a unit. But if Slay is going to be missing time, um, that is a major issue. Um, yeah. it, there's no there's no way around it. You lose your best player on defense. There's no way around it. So.
3: Yeah, and I guess that can take us into the injury thing a little bit earlier than we did. We've we've been in the show. Typically, we do that right before the uh, the preview of the next game, but we have a couple in- injuries to talk about. Well, there's one we haven't talked about, uh, Case, and I think we need to. There was uh, somebody got put on injured reserve and then released. I
4: love the Xander.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my man. I'm sorry. We, we don't. Oh,
4: I was anymore. so excited actually when you got put on injured reserve because I was like, they, they won't cut him now. He's on injured reserve,
3: <laughs> and, then they did, so. and they did. They did. Well, Doctor Zenner he's in the hizzy. Um, he can always make a house call over here. <laughs> yeah and uh hopefully you know hopefully we see him around and you know there's there's an opportunity there maybe we can help him out a little too so we'll see how that goes it sucks lunk gets ejected once or twice more we might see him back on the roster pretty soon so <laughs> that might happen that might happen um let's see what else do we got uh injury wise oh tj lang what's going on here man i'm feeling i'm feeling <sighs> like this may not have been as exciting a pickup as as we thought it was because it, number one <laughs> He certainly picked up the holding penalty since he left the Packers. I don't know if that's his fault, but that's, that's a change. And, um, his ability to be on the field has been limited and that's, that's ugly.
4: And on top of that, there's, there's so many other like questionable things going on and I tend not to buy into a lot of it. Uh, people, uh, he's kind of been the lightning rod of the, you know, guys talking about, uh, uh, you know, oh players don't like the way Patricia treats them because I heard TJ Lang say that. Well, I I don't, I don't necessarily buy that at all, but that he is the, you know, uh, the, uh, lightning rod that has gone through so much of that. Um, it, it causes some concern, some degree of concern. Uh, so yeah, no, um, I, I was willing to accept the price they paid for him, despite his past injuries, be- because you can't predict future injuries. Um, but it, it certainly seems to have been a gamble that we are currently losing.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, and 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 hopefully the depth that we have tried to build in that area can can withstand it. Uh, they did a the 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 line. As, as you know, people point out, they did a decent job, especially in pass blocking this last week. Um, so maybe it's not that huge a loss. I don't know. He's costing us a lot of money, but uh, eh, maybe not worth what we paid for him. I'll say that much.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So that one, that one kind of stinks don't like to have that. Um, we've had some really weird injury situations. You, you think about Tabor picking him up with the injury and thinking he's going to do better. I know it takes a while for a corner to to, to, to awaken in the NFL, but it doesn't seem like he's just going to be fast enough to be able to do that. We had the, uh, the Levy thing with his, you know, bohemian... Disease, or whatever the hell he, he wound up having, right? Oh <laughs> <laughs> that one was ugly as hell. We've just had some really weird, ugly, um, history well, going back forever, you know, yeah, LaShore and and uh,
4: Best and you know, yep. and and Broyles, and oh, we have been somewhat snake bitten by injury bug,
3: yeah, yeah, we have. So, oh well, hey, you again. Let's talk about another topic here, because with these injuries, you know, this is this is something that happens with a lot of guys when you when you do the uh, the the free agent signings. Right. That's that's a that's just one of those things we talk about not have, making big splashes in free agency you don't build a team in free agency. But um, there's a guy on Twitter. He's 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 an awesome follow. If you don't follow Scott Warheit, uh on Twitter, make sure you do. He's he's a great guy. He's been to the party a couple of times, but he does some really, really good analysis and he does it. Just for free on Twitter, right? He's 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 a good good guy. Well, well, good part of the Lions Twitter. Um, he did a 2019 Lions roster, and on that 2019 Lions roster, he broke down what the the salary cap might look like, and he's he he you know who gets cut, who sticks around. Um, SportsRack has his estimated right now to have 45 million dollars in cap space next year. Think about that number, how much that, how different that is from the Mayhew years, right? Very quickly, all of a sudden, $45 million. Well, he put a couple of cuts together, right? Um, $75 million in cap space is what he's predicting with the cuts that he's got in there. You want to sign Tate? You want to sign Ziggy? You want to keep Lang? You may, you may not, right? Depending on some of the other conversations we've had, but $75 million. Holy shit. Now, here's the downside of that. You don't build a team (laughs) through free agency. You know, you have a a certain number that's going to be going to the draft. That's a lot of money left over. Are we signing Ziggy for that kind of big money? Looks injured.
4: That's the kind of team that ends up overspending for free agents like the Bears had to do. Mm -hmm. Now that's not to say the Bears aren't looking better. Well, we'll get into the round of division at the end, but like um, long-term
3: their situation doesn't look so bright um, so yep. oh. agree, agree. So that's, uh, that's something to think about, something to look at. Interesting, uh, interesting stuff with, uh, with the cab. Thanks Scott. And again, give him a follow on Twitter. He's, he's got some really, really good stuff out there and, uh, he's a really great guy. So, uh, one last thing to talk about Peter Von Panda. You remember him case, Peter Von Panda and those amazing he's reviews. He's he's, he is awesome. Um, he's still out there. He's still doing the reviews and he's still sponsoring the show guys. This is, this is how cool you guys are and how cool our listeners are. Check him out. YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda. He does amazing reviews on all kinds of stuff. And they're funny, man. He's, he's creative. He makes me laugh every time he's in the chat and the live show. He's a Patreon guy. He's, he, he, he's a real, I mean, he's full-time supporter of the show. And, uh, he, here he is. He's doing some advertising for his YouTube channel with us. Make sure you go check him out. YouTube.com slash Peter Von Panda before, you go to DetroitLinesPodcast.com, go to Amazon, head on over and check and see if he's reviewed what you're looking at. He's got hundreds of videos, over 45,000 subscribers. People love this shit because it's good. It's good, fun content. Check him out, YouTube.com slash Panda. He's, he's, he's a lot of fun, really a lot of fun to watch, so make sure to check that out. All right, uh, one last thing we want to talk about here, and then we'll do our our look forward. Um being loyal to a bad team doesn't make you a good fan what do you think case
4: get out get the fuck out
3: no i'm just kidding um <laughs> it's no <laughs> a fan is a fan of a team whether they're good or bad you yeah, can still be I, mad right i mean we're going we're kind of going full circle on this a little bit
4: again 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 and you can be critical of the team you you You, listener, you, I'm seriously talking to you. If you are listening to this show, you can be critical of the team and still be a fan. If you decide at some point that you've just had enough and can't take any more, it's okay. You can walk away. But if the team starts doing well and you want to pretend like you were there the whole time that's when you're a shitty person.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's funny because (laughs) (laughs) I was a, it's, it's it's like, I was a fan and then things that I just got fed up and left for a while. Right. And then I came back. That's, that's the kind of, that's an okay fan. That's all right. But don't, don't be super fan, man. Don't suddenly become a face painter and act like you've been around forever. And I don't even, it's, it's just disingenuous is the thing about it. Right. It, it, you're, you're, (laughs) it's hypocritical. It's, it's, it's just so fucking fake. Just if you're really a fan, you, you can be a casual fan and support them when they're good. That's cool. So, you know, you talk about, hey, I'm a casual fan, no whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, that's totally cool. Believe me, the 90% of the fans I know, the,
4: most of my friends who are football fans, I really don't have that many friends who are football fans, um, are you know, casual fans of whatever team they are, um, uh, whatever team they're fans of. A- and, like, they will watch a game, you know, every few weeks or whatever. And that's okay like i i i'm not about to denigrate that as a as a bad thing um personally i i, I live breathe and sleep um of football and and lions um and when they're shitty i get in bad mood and when they're good i get in good mood and i just deal with that as part of my life um as i mentioned earlier i walked away from this last week's game uh, during the early in the fourth quarter, because I just fan. couldn't deal with it, anymore. and and uh, but at the same time, I never once at that moment said I'm not a Lions fan anymore. You're I just said I fan. can't, I like, physically can't deal with putting up with this shit anymore. A so fan. like maybe, maybe, <laughs> and and maybe I am, <laughs> um, but and, and if you are done, if you're truly done, if you can't handle it anymore, walk away.
3: You know, but you know- it,
4: but, but don't pretend. If and when the Lions are good again, that that you didn't do that. That's that's all I'm asking is is be honest with yourself and be honest with those around you. Is is you know if you if you're a fan, be a fan. If you if go not a fan, around,
3: you know if you go around and try to drag other people down. If your whole goal is to shit talk the team and shit talk it and drag people that our fans are down. Get people, out. Yeah, Get the fuck you're, out. You're actually not a bad fan or a good fan. You're just a piece of shit person. <laughs> Straight up. You're a, awesome. you're a shitty person. And um, you're, you're the worst kind of person. Let people enjoy what they enjoy. You You don't have to tell people how to enjoy stuff. Just let him enjoy it as and that's the that's it. So anyway, we'll, we'll go on from there. Uh, let's look ahead now home against the Patriots this week. This is a guaranteed win, right? I mean, they they brought Josh Gordon. They got Edelman hurt Tom Brady. Poof, he's on the down. He's on the downhill. He's 147 years old. He has his arms shot. Gronkowski. He's half Android anymore. He can't catch a ball. We got this in the back, right? Case, this is a done deal. Yeah, Definitely. Hey, I mean, stranger things have happened. Especially to this team, right? I mean, this team is the kind of team that that would pull that one out. I'm not predicting a win. I don't think anyone's predicting a win, right? But I picked
4: against us in my Pick'em League, which actually probably bodes well for us. Yeah, very good. Because I'm not doing very well this year, despite doing... I have I've done very well in years past but all of my all of my predictions this year have fallen flat so if 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 this year so far is any indication then would you agree me that picking a loss is probably a good thing
3: would you agree that this week is really a Brady Stafford matchup those two are the two that are going to define the game the defense is Either one of them isn't are spectacular
4: lacking at this point. <laughs> right, yeah, both right. lacking. And the past games are both the, the key, uh, you know, marquee matchups and the run games are iffy. So yeah, yeah no, I mean, this is, a, this is a QB thing. Yep, so yep. If, if, if they win this one, that would be a big feather in Stafford's hat.
3: This is an outscoring the other guys type of piece. And if this, if this lion's offense clicks the way it's supposed to, if they play as the plan is on paper, They'll win the game. I really believe that. I really believe they will. So it's it's interesting. It's an outside chance, but we'll, we'll see it happen. Um, with that, if you're going to the game or you want to go to the game, head on over to SeatGeek. But don't just go to SeatGeek. Head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Just like with all this stuff, right? You got to come to our place first. Say Hi. Drop in. But, you know, we're, we're not going to keep you long. You just hit the, the the button, the shop button. It'll take you straight to SeatGeek. Let you pick your seats and uh, get you set up for the Patriots game. Home, away, concerts. It doesn't matter. Anywhere in the United States, you can get a seat to any kind of event from SeatGeek. And they give us a kickback when you do that. So please, please use SeatGeek. Pick your seats and go to town. Um, I'm excited to, to hit a couple concerts. Um, I've got some travel going on. I want to see the Detroit Cobras in two different venues. It's going to be awesome. And I'm using Sea Geek to do it myself because that's the way to get your tickets. All right. So with that all said and done, Case is back. He's not feeling great. He's on the end of the, the, his rope with his voice here. We got a little bit more. We got the Riz coming up. But we can't do this. We can't do it without having Case take us.
0: around.
3: right i'm the head lion and the second head lion <laughs> two-headed lion anyway case is up with around the division man take us through it buddy. right on man
4: um <laughs> well i guess uh we can't start at the bottom with the bears if the bears aren't the bottom of the division but they are the bottom of the division rivals there you go okay, we'll um that. at the moment <laughs> No, seriously, if you watch the Bears game, um, I'm sorry. Um, but, <laughs> uh, um, but no, I, I, their, their defense truly is uh, more or less what it was advertised to be. It is dominant defense. Um, and, and Khalil Mack is playing every, every way that you would expect him to play. Um, their Probably. offense is highly questionable, highly questionable, but... Given the strength of that defense, they're still going to be able to win some games this year. Um, the 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 uh, Khalil Mack is just—I I mean, he is the player that he was advertised to be, and I don't think there's any way around that. Um, the, the Seahawks. We're actually pretty close to mounting a comeback at one point. And, and, and there was a throw by Russell Wilson. That was one of the worst throws I've seen in recent memory. Uh, the, just the, the hesitation on the throw and not seeing Prince of Mookamara and Prince of Mookamara of course is getting praise after the, after his pick six. But I mean, you that that's a that's a pick six you'd hope any cornerback in the league could make yep. um I, I i'm not i'm not even trying to like i'm not trying to bring prince mukumaro down that much i don't think he's that good but i also don't think he's that bad um but but their front seven is just they're creating a lot of problems for people they really are um and, and the way they you know they they almost beat the packers two weeks ago they they're in good shape i think going forward um and, and uh, I'll still be surprised if they get more than eight wins just because I think Mitch Trubisky is showing everything that Bears fans were concerned that he would show and that he is a weak quarterback. Uh, he keeps throwing interceptions, and he uh, he hasn't topped 200 yards in a game this year. Uh, I'd have to double check that he didn't top 200 yards this week, but he he doesn't throw the ball very much. They don't ask him to throw the ball very much. And when they do ask him to throw the ball a lot, a lot of it ends up bad. Um, He does occasionally have great throws, but what quarterback doesn't. Um, So I don't see their offense as a major concern, even with the upgrades, but their defense is probably borderline top five, if not legitimately top five. So, I, I mean, they are, they are a team to be reckoned with. Um, whether or not we're able to deal with them when we see them, that's something we'll have to wait to see. That's
3: a different conversation Um, for sure.
4: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So moving on up, and this gets real technical because both Packers and Vikings are one win, zero losses, and one tie – technically the pack the uh vikings are number 2 in the division mm-hmm. um there was an embarrassing tie for the, for the vikings against the packers so i, I think maybe we just lump the two of them into one you know bowl here uh, I think maybe, you know, the Vikings are feeling more embarrassed about it than the Packers because the Vikings missed three field goals, including two in overtime. Yeah, uh, It's great. a game worth watching. If you have an opportunity, it was a game worth watching. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there were a lot of moments in the game where you think, man, these are good teams. And then there were a lot of moments where you're like, they're, they're, these teams are maybe not 100% perfect either and and so like take note of those moments because those moments where those teams were not 100% could come back to haunt them at later points this year um so it it was it was uh, hilarious for me i was working during the game but i had coworkers watching the game on 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 their like uh, phones or whatever live um so I was, you know, checking in with them, checking in with them, checking in with them. And and I literally left uh work for break about fifteen minutes before the end of the game and watched the rest of it on my phone right before switching over to the Lions game while I was on break. Um it, during during that time and, and knew that they'd tied. And and as I walked back into work, you could just feel this deflated feeling in the room. <laughs> um but uh it, it was uh it caused some change. The Vikings uh, fired their kicker and picked up Dan Bailey. Now that could be a very good thing for the Vikings in terms of their kicking. Dan Bailey is, I think the second highest uh, percentage kicker of all time. Um, But he's also a, if you look back at what the Lions did with David Akers several years ago, and now David Akers was following maybe a more severe injury than Dan Bailey was coming off of. Um, But, Obviously, the whole David Akers thing, you know, he was over the hill. Kickers can hit a wall, too, even if Jason mm-hmm. Hansen tried to prove that wrong. Right. right. Um, so whether or not Dan Bailey plays the way he played for as many years as he played is is, you know, who knows? Who knows if he, if he will be the guy. I, I think he's probably an upgrade over missing two, three field goals and two in overtime. <laughs> uh, but but I do think the Vikings are still maybe in a questionable situation as far as their kicking is for the rest of the year. So that's that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and the Packers is, you know, the Packers tried multiple times to pull the uh, late, late, you know, fourth quarter comeback and then the uh, overtime comeback with uh, um, Aaron Rodgers. And lately it seems like they've had success doing that every single time they've tried. So frankly, it was kind of cathartic to see them not manage to pull it off this time. Right. So um, I, I kind of walked away from that tie, that one, one tie uh, or, or the one, or oh, uh, and one tie situation for both teams feeling pretty happy about that situation. Now, obviously uh, we would still have to have one more in the win column than either of those teams to pass them at the end of the year as opposed to one fewer because it ties a half win. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I, you know, it's, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing. Uh, it, it certainly sets up that if either of those teams were to struggle, it sets us up for a situation where a wild card is more
3: plausible. Yep, for reals, for reals. All right, is that going to get us through the division? Is that did it already? That's it, awesome man. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Let's get ourselves some uh, some riz in our life.
0: Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Rizden's wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, it's time for the man with the plan, the Uber
3: superstar, managing editor of Lions Wire USA Today Wire site, managing editor of. Brownswire, USA Today, wire site, super duper massive NFL coverage specialist for RealGM.com, and let's not forget the birthday boy, the Riz. How you doing, buddy? I am doing great.
6: I am. I'm happy to put on a birthday hat once a year. Um, (laughs) I'm glad it's only once a year though, because I'm
3: getting too many of these damn things. Well, being pants free, it's nice that you get to do the birthday suit on the regs, though, right?
6: It is, and you know what? Yesterday on my birthday, normally my birthday is like the end of summer and Yesterday it was like eighty six degrees. Actually, went to the beach for a little while. I haven't done that on my birthday in a long time, so it Very was nice. awesome.
3: Very nice. All right, I know we've only got you for first segment this week, and we we have to you know we have to share our love for filling in for Case. His his work has been pretty crazy lately, and uh, just doing all the great stuff you have for the show. The listeners love you. We love you, and I uh, want to give you some 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 mucho thank you. Oh. Mucho gracias so whatever on uh, on the show. So thanks a lot, brother.
6: Well no I appreciate that. And and thanks to all the listeners. And and I can tell who you are because you call me the Riz on Twitter, I really appreciate that. It lets me know where you're coming from. And I got a lot of those messages yesterday, so that was that was pretty darn sweet.
3: You even got a meme. You got a meme, dude. I, I did.
6: That was awesome.
3: <laughs> all right. And it didn't
6: start. involve didn't involve public nudity, which is even better.
3: Well, yeah, that's a different kind of meme. <laughs> um Let's talk a little bit about uh, week one to week two here. I know you had mentioned you want to talk about a little bit of the change that we saw from the team. Um, Let's start by hanging our our hat on something positive, right?
6: Yeah, I think there was a lot of positives to come out of week one to week two. I think you saw that Matt Patricia watched the tape and learned a little bit from what his team did or did not do in week one. And he changed some things. There was there was some and, and I get, I'll give Jim Bob Cooter some credit and I I ripped him a new a hole last week on this program. He lo- he called a much better game against San Francisco. Uh, there was a lot less of the blame for the the offensive problems fell on Jim Bob Cooter in week two. There's still tempo issues. There's still play calling issues uh, in terms of situation and and being fairly obvious with the the down and distance. But they did some things that were different. There was there was they faked the bubble screen, which I thought was a great play. I thought the run blocking was good. I think, uh, other than Taylor Decker, I think they're doing a pretty good job up front in run blocking. The pass protection, one of the best in the league, believe it or not. I know, uh, and I, I said that on Twitter today. And Lions said like, "What are you smoking?" I'm like, "Well, have you watched? Have you watched Arizona? Did you watch the game last night? Did you watch Seattle?" Well, and did you see <laughs> our
4: receivers not actually getting open for most yes. of the game because it isn't it isn't Stafford or the offensive line's fault that mo- that the receivers couldn't get you know. Uh, uh, more than a foot away from their defenders
6: yeah marvin and and that's something that we've talked about with marvin jones before he's not a guy who is going to blast somebody open he's not gonna blow their doors off he's a guy that you have to have great communication and coordination between quarterback and marvin a lot of times they have that there were times last year where they didn't have it either Mm -hmm. and uh and i think he was uh,
4: struggling with separation too
6: Golden Tate has not played well this year. I know his stats look pretty good. He he has been a big disappointment for me, um, and for a guy who's angling for a new contract, and it seems like he'll want to get that contract elsewhere. Uh, he, he ain't helping himself. Um, well, and we so we've seen
4: that before, before from him, though, haven't we? We've seen yes,
6: yes, we have. We have, and and the, the quarterback can play that great either. Kenny Galladay, as fun as he's been, and he has taken a big step, and I'm very proud to to see that. And uh, I'm, I'm happy that I was wrong in training camp because in training camp, his feet didn't look great. He didn't look all that dynamic. Uh, and I was a little bit worried that he'd stagnated or possibly, you know, would, would just sort of wither on the vine. And, and he has blossomed in year two. And I'm very happy to be wrong about that. Uh, but th- there's just, I, I, I think, I'll, I'll say it, we miss Eric Ebron.
0: Oh,
3: God, no, no, we don't.
6: Uh, and, and, and look, he, he's there there is gr- no threat in the middle of the field. That's, That's why, absolutely. That is why the safeties are all over Golden Tate. That is why the running backs are covered, because the linebackers don't have to worry about the tight end behind them. The lack of a tight end, specifically Eric Ebron, a yep. guy who can stretch the seam, is a massive hole in this offense. And I know people freaking hated Eric Ebron. Y'all drove away a damn good tight end. And that,
2: that,
6: They don't have a guy who can do that And they, it is absolutely negatively Impacting the rest of the offense that, If that, people can't see that Y'all can you can suck my hemorrhoids Ooh,
3: Get some chewing gum <laughs> Hey, uh, no I, I'll, I'll, up, baby. <laughs> I'll agree with you And I'll disagree with you at the same time We need a player like like Eric Ebron We need a you tight end like that no, Eric Ebron, would, what he's, people are saying Oh, you should have got rid of him, look what he's doing in Indy He never would have been able to do that in Detroit the fans lost him. He lost the fans. It was a caustic situation. It was it was not going to work out with him or for him in Detroit. We need someone like him. And you're right. People treated him like shit. I treated him like shit. But he was immature and he didn't play up to up to snuff. And he just he was never going to recover. So I, I'll agree with you that we missed that kind of threat. But Eric Ebron, uh, I think as things went on, he became less of a threat because. I have to change that too. Last year, as things went on, he got better and better. <laughs> yeah,
4: with the contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. So whatever,
3: <laughs> whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll. I just don't think it's Eric Brown we need, but we need someone just like him with a better. A well, better no, fit I completely agree
4: with Jeff and you on that. It's it, and, and it, we do lack that, and and we had it, we've had it in the past with other players too. Anquan Bolden filled that role for us very nicely. Yes, uh, yes, he you. did. Control. And it would be nice to have somebody like that. And there just isn't anybody like that on the team. And I do think that's something that's going to uh, either uh, cost us a lot of games through the season or be something that they'll find a way around. And I don't know the, I don't know whether or not they'll find a way around it yet, but they certainly are going to have to try. Yeah, so they
6: did. They did work out Donnie Ernsberger today. In fact, he might actually be signed by the time you hear this. Um, if, if my little birdie is correct. He, uh, he's an undrafted rookie from Western Michigan, was a f- hybrid fullback tight end, uh, played tight end primarily uh, at Western, uh, was a guy that they liked in the draft process. And uh, Nick Bellore, um as as that sort of fullback and special teams role, um, just ain't getting it done. He's, he's a linebacker. He shouldn't be there. So I, I think that could help. He is a fairly speedy guy. Uh, so maybe, maybe that'll help. They, they are definitely looking for a better threat at tight end. And, and I did see Luke Wilson had a couple of nice reps in San Francisco, but you need more of that.
4: How about your boy Roberts with the touchdown? Oh
6: my God. My pants flew off. I'm going to find them. I threw them so far. Can I,
3: can I talk a little bit? I think I've got a good analogy about the improvement from week one to week two. Um, if, if, if the, NFL, were looking at the Lions after week one, right? I, I feel like other NFL teams felt the Lions kind of like vampires feel about Count Chocula, right? <laughs> right? He's not quite. <laughs> it's not the real thing. And then, I want to your yeah. And then maybe in, in week two, we've kind of worked our way up to like faith. From Buffy the Vampire oh. Slayer, right? I mean, we, we're 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 at least a real oh, vampire boy. here. Oh. Was, was that elephant next had to an, next to be angel? And no, and we, we are Paul. we are not quite to count Dracula status. I'll just tell you that straight up, okay?
6: Are we like the Keanu Reeves Dracula version here?
3: Oh, maybe, maybe something from True we Blood. We haven't even made a Twilight reference. <laughs> yeah, well, let's try not to, okay. <laughs> Anyway, so no, that was oh. uh, that was um, inspired by uh, a Norm McDonald joke. So I got to give him credit, but that was a good one.
6: Anyway, um, Norm McDonald know? has jokes. Oh really? yeah,
3: oh yeah. He's I great. love Norm Macdonald. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, yeah.
6: Wow, he always struck me as a guy who was professionally trying to be unfunny as a comedian.
3: That's part of it. That's part of the shtick. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's. let's so they've definitely made an improvement week over week, right? will count Dracula come out. Well, we'll see. But um, this this second week was one plagued by ah, some bad luck. Hey, we got back to that familiar form. Sandman and I talked about it on the Sunday show, though. Um, What we saw this Sunday against the Niners didn't feel a whole lot different than pick a game from the Caldwell regime. It was was very, very similar. A couple of really bad quarters where nothing happened. Things went against us. Oh, we're coming back for the comeback at the end. What's it going to be? Flip a coin. Um, Mm -hmm. It's still better than what we had week one, though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, Count Chocolate? i right, sorry. Right,
6: Boo Berry? <laughs> Frankenberry Crunch.
3: Yeah, there you go, baby.
6: <laughs> oh, good times, man. You know, it was a lot like a Caldwell game. And uh, for the people who ran Jim Caldwell out of town, you probably don't like that. Uh, that's that, That's okay, though. I mean, the guy did go 9-7 and seven two years in a row, and I think we'd be all very happy if this current team got to 9-7 and seven at this point this year. They, they, did, they did so many things better. I, I think they, you know, it, it seemed like the, the youngsters who came in made an impact. We saw Ashawn Robinson respond well. I thought he played very well. Yeah, uh, He made an impact. I think he played, what, 23 snaps, uh, made, made four or five plays where he was involved in the tackle. And uh, he was not on the hook so much for the run defense as a lot of other people. You know, I thought Tracy Walker played great. Even aside from the interception, he had a coverage rep and I forget who I, it wasn't on Kittle. It was on uh, somebody else that was over the middle. He was all over him. Like, like, like in, in Hoosiers, where they ask him what, what flavor of chewing gum is he going? And he goes, you know, double mint. And that's what it was like to watch Tracy Walker. So I was very pleased with some of the, the, the young talent on defense, which is where this team really needs to get better. And, uh,
4: yeah. Well, low key. Tracy Walker was definitely one of the draft picks that I shat on the most, Um, but he may end up being one of the better. It was,
3: it was a with. confusing pick for sure. Let's talk. Uh, let's do this a little bit. I, I saw some people really throwing shade on on Bob Quinn's. Look, we're already people fire the coach, fire the GM whole thing already after two games. Yeah. But <laughs> someone was throwing all kinds of shade on the uh, on Quinn's second round picks. And what do we have? We have a Sean we have um, tease and we have uh, carry on. Carry so on, carry on. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just throw it out there that I'm going maybe early, but he was a very good second round pick, so you, you can't shit on that second round pick. Yeah, uh, so far so good. Aishon out there this week looked pretty good. I don't think he's a give up on kind of player yet. He didn't play week one. He didn't start. There could be something else going on there. Who knows? Um, but he seems like he, he's playing solid. He's, he's fine in that position. Tease. That's another story, right? You get he a guy like
6: that. He can't freaking play.
3: Yeah. Boy, that's, that's not a good one. That wasn't. And that injury. I mean, you know, there's, there's a bet. I feel like Quinn made a bet there with that injury and, and it just hasn't gone well, That either his hamstring wonder-
6: is chronically bad or he's just effing slow.
4: I still wonder if he won't have a role going forward in the red zone uh, where he hasn't been used particularly much um, so far. But I do wonder if he doesn't have a role in those red zone situations. So, like, I I agree that as a second round pick, that's not what you want as a guy who can just come in in red zone situations. But in in places where you don't have to cover as much of the field, I still wonder if he doesn't have a place on the team.
3: And we'll see. And I mean, if you go, I mean, we talked about Tracy Walker, you can go to Deshaun Hand. He's looking good out there too. Yeah, actually hand looked great week
4: one. Yeah. Yeah. He you're did.
3: you're going down third, fourth round now, right? With guys that are working out. So I'm just I am not look, I'm not gonna be a, a Quinn apologist. I believe in Quinn still. I think he's he's made some great decisions. I think um he he got hosed with the team that he picked up that had absolutely no depth. And now we have a team full of a bunch of depth players with very few starters. But right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. With you. <laughs> but you can't you can't build it all in a day, right? Rome wasn't built in the day, and either is uh, Count Chocula's lions here. So uh, let's move on. You want to talk a little bit about Matt Stafford and his play, Riz? I <laughs> I don't uh, know where you're going, and I'm I'm, I'm going to agree with you before you even start. But go ahead and just just put him on blast if you want.
6: <laughs> he has been off. I think that's the nice way of saying what, what we've seen from Matthew Stafford the first couple of weeks. This is a guy who has earned his, whatever, $160 million that he's played, made in the NFL on the basis of his glorious right arm and its ability to throw the ball down the field to whoever is out there. And he is missing those throws. And, yeah, the coverage is better to Case's point, but Stafford is missing them too. Yeah. There were, was definitely they definitely were on the
4: deep too. pass. This this game especially, he was weak on the deep pass. There were four of them
3: that should have connected that didn't. There was a bunch of fluttering balls, too, that are not standard yes, balls. Yes,
6: and that, that was exactly what I was getting to next, Chris, was that when they, when they showed the replays, you could see the, there there's a serious wobble on those balls, and it makes me wonder if he's got like a finger or a wrist or something that's impacting his throwing motion because this is very a characteristic for him. And I, I, he has earned the benefit of the doubt for me that that that's not who he is. But it, it, I feel like we've like, also
4: said that about him in the past, and he's gone through yeah, in yeah. some bad place. So, like uh, for the same reason, that's exactly the same reason that he has earned the benefit of the doubt from me. Because I mean, we might go through a couple games here and there where he's off, but I mean, <laughs> here we are sitting complaining about the quarterback who goes over a hundred in passer rating. I, I, I recognize that. He I know. Had a- Bad deep passes. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there, this game could have been a blowout for us if if the, all four of those passes or even two of those passes had connected.
3: Um But uh it, yeah, I mean, I, I'm willing to just. He could have gone the other way too, though. With them, with them fluttering ducks, you can't you can't throw like that against good defenses because they will get their hands on those balls. Yeah. And um I mean he's he had a couple that were great. He had a couple that he just put in the wrong position. It wasn't the Matthew Stafford that we're used to. And you're right, he an over a hundred rating, you can, you love that, but um, you know, we've, we talked a little bit about time of possession being an important stat and well, you can, you can juice that statistic by running the play clock down to five before you snap the ball, every play and oh, look, your, your time of possession is higher. Well, what did you actually gain from that? Right. You did nothing but, but milk a statistic and it didn't actually have an effect in the game. So I just, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I want to see old Matthew. I want to see the Matthew back that we, we all know and love. It's funny because last
4: year. The two of you talked about Stafford not being a good deep passer, and then he had one, he was exactly. one of the best deep passers <laughs> exactly. in the league last You're year. You're right. And yeah, now he's had right. a couple right. games, and it hasn't gone so well. And so I think, you know, maybe there's some normalization there.
3: I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe Riz and I should start getting on him about being a bad deep passer again so we get the shit together. <laughs>
4: right, exactly. So all I'm saying is what to expect going forward in that area. I, I I wouldn't assume anything, you know, one way or the other. I would assume that what happened this week was somewhat of an anomaly. Um, but I, I, I mean, two obviously, weeks in a row, yeah, buddy. I can't think Guarantee well. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of of, of two weeks in a row. (laughs) Yeah, there are
6: part of the problem for me is that he is getting good protection. And I don't know what people are watching who are complaining about the offensive line and pass protection. They're good folks. They, they really are. This is the best line he's had. Uh, He had, uh, I, I don't have the PFF thing in front of me. I think he was, I think they gave up three pressures on his dropbacks in San Francisco and in week one, they were the second best in pass protection. And, and you know, the Jets didn't do much the next week, so maybe that waters that down a little bit. Uh, but uh, there is time there, and he's throwing, and he's missing when he has full time. To, to, survey the field and, and do it. And that's, that's a little discouraging because. Which is
4: why I think what you said is not an inaccurate or, or like a non possibility that maybe there's something going on. We don't, don't know about, and hopefully it's not a long-term issue.
6: Yeah. And I actually had somebody who brought up to me, you know, he's, he's got, you know, the babies at home. Maybe, maybe he's just not getting enough sleep.
0: <laughs> um, I, I mean, I don't people, see that.
6: People, are, people are grasping at straws. That's the thing. And because we know Stafford can be better than this. And I think we're, we and want him to be we, better than this again. I, I share in your confidence, not quite as enthusiastic as you case, but I there do there share are lots of confidence. areas that
4: I'm not enthusiastically confident about this team. That one in particular,
3: I am. Are, are we, the, am I the only one of the three that still has some modicum of hope that they're going to make the playoffs this year?
6: No, not at all. They can, they can do it. The NFC, the bottom of the, N, I should say the middle of the NFC, which is where the lions are, it is not great. I mean, one of the things, the, the Minnesota Green Bay tie helped that's a lot. so
3: awesome. That was so great. <laughs> yeah.
6: I, I, I don't know why Alliance fans were upset about that. That's the best possible outcome that you could have. Yep.
3: yep
6: exactly. Now you're not, you're not going to be, you, you have a tiebreaker with them if you beat them. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's straightforward. Uh, and, and, you know, look at, Chicago barely beat a
4: terrible Seattle. Terrible, yeah, yeah. Seattle is not good, and, and and actually, hey, hang on a second. Let's talk about Russell Wilson and and a comparison to Stafford right now. Mm. Russell Wilson is widely considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and it, and and it took me a long time to come around to that because I thought early on in his career that he was pampered by you know the best defense in the league for several years and a solid run game with Marshawn Lynch, and actually you know maybe underrated, but. Not amazing receivers, but, but not terrible either. And, and, but he's been able to do things in a very Aaron Rodgers way, but on a team as bad as he's on right now, the things that are happening to him, that that picky threw at the end of the bears game was, I mean, that was, that was a terrible decision and a terrible throw. But when you put a guy under that much pressure to make that much happen, that's, what's going to happen. Even for the best quarterbacks in the league And and, and those are the kind of things that I would like Lions fans to recognize about Stafford um, is that when you get a guy in a position where things are so bad that he feels he has to make something happen, it's a lot more likely that you're going to have things like that happen. And nobody, nobody in the Lions fan, like I, I would, I would ask you in the Lions fan base, how many, how people feel about Russell Wilson? Because if you feel about Russell Wilson, uh, you know that that he's getting, uh, you know, that he, everything is, you know, not right for him because of the team around him. Look at the fucking Lions. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Just look at some of the players that played for Seattle last night. Those guys, these are practice squad people who are starting. That's a yeah. bad football team. Arizona worst football team in the league they are I awful. called that too didn't I Yeah yeah you did they they are they have 3 points <laughs> in the Bills.
4: I think I put the Bills 32 and the Cardinals 31. But it was it was, it was a debate when your
3: quarterback reti- or your cornerback retires at fucking halftime.
4: Yeah, it was a
6: debate. It wasn't easy. They, they had been outscored 78 to six in in six quarters when he did that. I don't blame him for walking off.
3: Like,
6: I don't need this shit. I'm too old for this shit. Pull the Danny Glover line.
3: Oh, that was that's a that's a good one. Oh
6: man, they're bad. They're, yeah. There's a lot of bad. I, I watched New Orleans this past week. They barely beat Cleveland. Now I'll say this right now, and and I'm not. You guys know I am not a Cleveland homer. The Browns are a good football team. They haven't won yet, and and so oh, the put talent that in the is your river. there now. The talent is absolutely
2: the talent. there.
6: Their coaching is oh, oh yeah. bad. Oh yeah. It, it's it's Rod Marinelli bad. Uh, but they they were. I, I dare say that the Browns were a better overall football team than the Saints. Uh, nobody's going to stop Michael Thomas this year. He's going to catch 150
4: passes. And I think uh, the Saints I, will write the ship and that they'll be a They will, and, team and they, they, started
6: to, they started to figure out their pass rush towards the end of that game, but they are not this juggernaut that, that a lot of people thought they were going to be. Carolina's vulnerable Dallas Dallas my god they're they're not good and they're a lot better than the Giants so that there is room to be made for the Lions if they can get hot win three out of four or you know five out of seven they're right back in the thick of the NFC playoff race because nobody no, nobody's gonna bury them
4: I think I said if the Lions come out one and three out of the first four games I'm not gonna be that upset and uh, now well, then again you I, I, I wish I, no. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and you know, on, on that note, if if Case does get his wish, we've talked about this before. Week one, we talked about the hot tub toaster party. Uh, <laughs> it was time. It felt it barely saved. Barely saved in the on that one. Week two came out a little better. But if we come out one and three, there's going to be a number of people that want to do the hot tub toaster party. If you're going to do it, always go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Pick up your official Lions toaster. I mean, you want this team to let and, you down. And
4: you- Probably need a good extension cord too. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you're at least on a 30
3: amp breaker. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't give too much. Okay, I'm
6: going to walk into my bathroom right now and see where the closest outlet is to my shower. I don't have a bathtub.
3: Yeah, don't do the GFCI. It's not going to give you enough of a a jolt. You got to get a a good, solid. Yeah,
6: I I, I need probably a 12 foot cord.
3: Yeah, maybe go out to like if you have like uh, 220 outside for like a lawnmower or something or your Tesla charger or something like that. Go ahead and plug that bad boy in there. <laughs> That's and, <one> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> anyway, you know what to do. Get your great Lions merchandise. If you want Michigan, Michigan State swag, go ahead and do, do it there. It's DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the shop link. Head on over to Fanatics and everything you buy. They give us a kickback. It doesn't matter what you buy from your, your favorite sports teams, college, pro, or wherever. Just get it that way, buy, and it'll help hook us up.
6: Buy that Chase Winovich Michigan jersey, and you can convert it into a Lions jersey next year when he's the 11th overall pick in the draft to Detroit.
3: Oh, oh wow! you think we're picking? Calling a my shot 11? now.
6: As bad I, as I, I, may or, wow. I may or may not be be being required to do a mock draft this week.
3: There, there is Maybe. a run on toasters in Detroit if we draft 11th. <laughs> Man, <laughs> all right. Let's let's talk that, about that.
6: May or may not be where they are listed. Um, oh, by the way, can I can I bring this up because I had to write this earlier today? Um, the they released uh, one of Bet Online AG released the uh, odds for the first coach to be fired. Matt Patricia is seventh on the list, which I think is shocking for a guy who's coached two games. Yeah. Um, but then fifth on the list is Steve Wilkes out in Arizona, who's also a rookie he head coach, and that ain't going so <laughs> where's, well. Where's Hugh um, at? Hugh is number two. That's why I actually wrote it because he had been number one for a long time. Bill O'Brien at uh, the Texans is actually that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, B- Bill O nah, ain't going to last too long. And I and I'll say this. If Bill O'Brien gets fired from Houston and it doesn't work out with Patricia, or you know Cooter goes, Bill O'Brien to Houston as the or f- from Houston to Detroit as the new offensive coordinator makes a hell of a lot of that would sense. Be all right ooh, with
4: me. Ooh,
3: yeah, I like that. All right? all right. Well, we're talking Patriots tree here. Let's uh let's talk about the Patriots. They're coming up next week, and there's they're also signed this 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 new guy, and he's supposed to have the best weed yeah. in town. What's going on, man? <laughs>
0: Oh,
6: Josh Gordon is not my problem anymore. Oh, it's so nice. (laughs) Maybe after Uh, this week he won't be. uh, Yeah, yeah, that's true. So (laughs) I've covered Josh Gordon for the Browns, and it's it's complicated. And I got this sentiment from a player on the Browns today um, because I've been texting back and forth with him. I know him pretty well. And I asked him what the mood was like, and he described it like this. And I thought it was a really good analogy. He said, "You know what it's like when, when somebody brings a toddler to your house and your house isn't toddler proof, and you got like a pool, you got all these steps that you can't block and everything, and you're just like, all of your attention is like focused on keeping the kid safe and keeping the kid from hurting himself." Mm-hmm. He said, "That's what it was like in the locker room in Cleveland."
4: You know exactly what that's like. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're looking around your place, <laughs> <laughs> but that's so, the best so, part so, about having video on these things now. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so, and, and so I, I'm like, yeah, I got kind of see what you mean. He's like, you know how, when they, when that toddler leaves, how tired you are, how exhausting it is. Yep. like, that's what it was like around here. I'm like, that's a great analogy. I wish I would have thought of that. Wow. But no, but I, I, they, on. they are, they loved Josh and they, they all, and I've gotten this from everybody around Cleveland. They want the best for him, but everybody agreed. It was time for him to go. And one of the reasons why is because he wasn't very good against Pittsburgh. I I can't stress this enough. If you think that Josh Gordon of 2013, the guy who caught 1,686 yards and nine touchdowns and and led the league in yards per game uh, at 22 years old and looked like a future Randy Moss, that guy ain't there anymore. He's not even close to there anymore. If you put him on the the Detroit Lions...
4: Two years of football would come back and not quite be the same.
6: He's played 11 games since then. Out of those games, he's had one fantastic catch in week one against Pittsburgh, and damn, that was nice. Yeah. He had a a nice first half of the first game he played back last year, and then he was out of shape and gassed and couldn't run. Uh, And there was some signs of that in Pittsburgh as well, that he... He has over-muscled his body. Uh, if you remember David Boston, remember how really good he was right, until he right. got too rocked up? Josh Gordon has crossed that threshold. He is not as quick or as nimble as he used to be. And it really showed against Pittsburgh when he could not get free from Joe Hayden. And Joe Hayden is essentially... Oh, man. He is T's Tabor with, with a little more experience. Uh, so <laughs> that's not oh. good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and by the way, Gordon did not get a catch until Hayden left the game. That's that's how uh, how poor he was. No I'm not saying I'm not saying you don't have to worry about Josh Gordon. He he is talented enough. He's got incredible hands. He really does. He runs decent routes. And if you, if Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and you know he's Tom Brady, he's going to find use for him. But uh, I'm talking, he's a guy who's going to get you like three catches for 50 yards and a touchdown maybe every third week. That's where he's at right. If he was in Detroit, he would be the number four wide receiver. I have zero, zero doubt about that. Oh, he yeah. is not as yeah, good as Galladay or Tate or Marvin Jones. He is not. No. I, I, I say that unequivocally. So all you people who want a Josh Gordon here, y'all again, suck my hemorrhoids and do it with some with some menthol because
3: that would feel better. I think you like him nibbled more than suck, but so the thing I'm thinking here <laughs> <that> was the Fisher for you lowered the bar lower than i was gonna wow let's mark this on the calendar this is a first here man um if if i think about it there's 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 a a couple of things first you get the um uh remember randy moss who was just a problem child forever he went to to belichick land and he did just fine right he did great He, he did he did just fine and um I feel like as as you heard, like they've got the place uh, set up for toddlers in in Cleveland. Maybe they won't do that there, and but maybe the Belichick kind of environment is the kind of thing he needs. Maybe he needs that that tough love. We'll see how he does. But let me—I'm going to throw a scenario out here since we're talking about this Patriots game, and uh, I want to—I want to just just Dave, want you guys to think about this. Okay, can you imagine what would happen on Twitter? And how many heads would explode if we walked away with a win?
0: <laughs> like, oh. Absolutely.
3: No one of us three is expecting the team to win the game right now. Can you imagine if the Lions won that game against the Patriots this week?
6: On national TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Right. Chris Collinsworth's head would freaking explode on camera.
3: They wouldn't have any graphics, right? They wouldn't have anything to support a, a, a win from the Lions. I mean, everybody right now is, is you know, Lions down by 104 or whatever. And then, how, as fans, I mean, talk about schizophrenia. How the hell do you deal with that? Right? You, you watch this absolute, just swamp ass performance against the Jets. You watch this partial collapse and, and incompetence with some partial amazing play that you just don't know how to identify the team. And then they go out and beat someone like the Patriots. I just can't imagine. It, people would just say, I don't know this team. I have no idea. And there's, there's just, I have no ability to predict what the hell's going on.
6: I think that's a very fair assessment. I, hey, speaking of, I, I was on the gambling thing, but I, I, I write a lot about gambling for whatever reason that gets a lot of clicks. The uh, line has actually moved in the Lions' favor. It opened at seven and a half. It's down to seven. So there are some people who like the Lions in this matchup. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, the, people people who bet that kind of money to move the Lions tend to do so because they make money.
3: Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's all about the money, right? And somebody's got to make it. So, all right, what to look for this week, Riz? What do you think we should uh, keep our eyes open for against the Patriots? Besides Josh Gordon being too slow to stop, um, <laughs> <laughs> he's
6: gonna, I, I, I will predict he will catch. Let's see. They don't. They still don't have Elman. They have. Uh, he's gonna catch four I mean, if he plays, even because he he had a bad hamstring. He heard it, and, and the reason why Cleveland got him. He did not test positive for drugs again. Right. He he hurt his hamstring doing a, a unsanctioned promotional shoot. Uh, showed up Saturday morning late for when he was supposed to be there, complaining about this hamstring thing. They're like, we don't trust you anymore. Go away. Um, and and people who are talking about another thing with Josh Gordon is that everybody th- assumes that he was just on pot. Go watch the video he recorded this spring where he talks about his cocaine and methamphetamine and purple drank addictions. It was a whole lot more going on than pot in Josh Gordon's life.
3: That sounds like a Tuesday Uh, at the Risen House. Yeah, well,
6: (laughs) my cat's looking at me like, hey, buddy, let's party. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, got that. uh, that, but that, that also adds to why it would be that much harder for him to come back because apparently weed is not addictive. That's what all the people who smoke weed all the time tell me, uh, even though they, they, they smoke
3: weed stop. all the time.
6: I stop. Yeah, yeah exactly. Little, they, they don't, for, for as enlightening as pot supposedly makes you, they don't really make that connection, and that's weird to me. One of the reasons why I don't smoke pot. But, but, anyways,
4: I, we're correct. talking about causality versus, you know,
6: you a lot to understand what you're talking about. Gaze.
3: Here comes our our stance analyst <laughs> smoking out of an apple. <laughs> Been there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so.
6: Yeah, so I, I I don't expect a lot out of him, but I do expect Tom Brady to look like freaking Tom Brady. And yeah. I expect Gronk to have a massive game. Yeah. Although. Yeah, He's built although, to destroy his team. Jared Davis looked good in coverage. He can't tackle me in an open hole, but he can. He, he also can, good blitzing. He did. He, so he did a some role. positive things. Yes, there is. It's not all terrible with him. He just can't tackle. Um, no, I agree. He,
3: he needs to, Which is kind of a crucial skill for a defender in the NFL. I agree. Right. I agree with both these and, things. And, you know,
6: it would help him It would help him if, if, uh, if Aishon Robinson played more playing better, if Ricky Jean-Francois could get his ass sunk so he could anchor a little bit and not get blown out of the gap. Um, that would make it a lot easier for Jared Davis to know which gap to attack. Mm-hmm. He will probably still go to the wrong one, but at least he'll have a better idea of where it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, on I'm worried about. Were,
4: they, there was one thing that picked uh, that bothered me about this last game. They were picking on him for one play uh, that was a t- er, not a touchdown, but um, it was a fake. So to the right hand off to the left and he sat in his spot and didn't jump the wrong way. He just wasn't able to get all the way there because the running back was really fucking.
6: Thin. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. Chris Spielman talked about him because he held up for just a second as he was running towards it.
4: But I mean, if he um, hadn't, and it had gone, if he had, if he had jumped to the right and it had gone to the left, it had been a touchdown. Easy. Right he would have given up a cutback lane,
6: so you're not wrong. and, and if you watch that play, Glover Quinn got annihilated by the block.: Yeah
4: they, we, we are so not, good, not good, good at
6: shutting blocks.: uh, No, like, we are not and that's, that's something that is bothersome for the run defense. Yeah The nice thing is is that you know the, the Patriots don't really have a great running game. No they thing. have right. backs who will make make plays, but it's not like they don't have their at Blunt anymore. They don't have a guy that they're going to hand the ball to 25 times. I say that now when James White's going to get the ball 35, just because Bill <laughs> Belichick hates me. But I, I'm not. I, I think that the run defense can come around a little bit in this game. But you're going to have to pick your poison. Would you rather the Patriots run at you, or, or would you rather them throw it to Gronk all day? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know
3: about that one. Let me. <laughs> let me.
6: There's let, no good answer for that.
3: <laughs> let me pull up a, a love hate moment. Uh, the first love moment. How how good is Chris Spielman when he's calling games? Isn't he awesome?
6: He is, but he's also overbearing. And he was paired <laughs> with Tom Brenneman, and Tom Brenneman needs to go the f away.
3: Well, okay, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think he needs he needs a better partner. Brenneman just sucked. Brenneman, every, Brenneman, every Brenneman is going touchdown. on
6: and on about the clock management by Patricia at the end of the half when Patricia played it perfectly. Yep. Uh, that that really bothered me, and I, and there were too many Lions fans who bought into what Brenneman was selling there, and what he was selling was absolute hogwash. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Patricia did that brilliantly. I agree. What if they didn't get a first down? Then you've got San Francisco yeah. time to score. Come on, wake up! I, I've watched Hugh Jackson make that same damn mistake all the time. That's why he's one thirty-two and one in his last two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I uh, so Brenneman stains it for me, and Spielman can get hung up on like like one little point and he doesn't necessarily get beyond that.
3: Like but, uh, uh, Taylor Decker turning oh. his head.
6: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but as you know, um, Chris Spielman is my football hero. I have a Jersey of his, um, I used to have two of them, I and maybe, maybe that's my fanatics shorter. I can get the, the Chris Gilman jersey. There you go. Um, yeah. And get
3: their big, wide, the old school shoulder pads with it too. Those are a great looks.
6: Yeah, and you got to you got to rip the neck just a little bit yeah, and get yeah. the roll bar. Oh god, that was he was the he was the effing man. He
3: really was. Oh. I absolutely loved him. All right, let oh. me go to yeah. one more player, and then we'll let you go, Riz. Uh, Glover Quinn. Um, oh. Boy, oh boy! Oh. I have to say now, and and I've brought, I brought this up. I, I compared the situation with him to. They had a bow who was trying to cash in early and it was or, you know, he's trying to get that big last contract and they didn't give it to him. And it was I, I always speculate it was because he knew he'd lost a step. He knew something was going on. He was just trying to get that last payday. I'm worried that uh, we're at that point with Quinn. And, you know, these things, they they tend to hit like that. Right. A guy doesn't slow down throughout the season. He comes in for a season and suddenly he's not the player he used to be. And we've got two data points now on, on Glover. And as much as I love this guy, absolute class act, great character counts, guy. Um, he just has not looked good out there this year. And he looks slow more than anything else. It's yeah. like, and you can,
6: you can kind of see it in his posture after plays, especially if you go to the NFL game pass and watch the all 22 of it, his posture, wow. when he's done with the play, when he knows that he could have made the play and didn't make it, you can tell he knows it. That's, that's not good. Um, He's a wonderful guy. Yeah. I love him. I was yep. so thrilled when they first got him because yep. I saw the potential in it. Um, and and uh, oh. it, it's sad to watch. I was actually talking back and forth with Kent Platt, um, both on Twitter publicly and and behind the scenes
3: as well. And we were it's talking about a great about, guy, by the way. You guys aren't Kent, following Kent, Kent Platt? So Make sure good. you do. He's such a great, great, smart guy.
6: Yes, and and we got to get. Uh, the, w- w- will we see more Tracy Walker and Quandre Diggs as the safeties going forward, with with Tavon Wilson as the third safety? I mean, I know the the consecutive starts for for Glover means a lot to him and to the organization. But if he is not worth playing, if if Diggs is better, if Tracy Walker is better and you know he's gonna be the replacement, yep. you gotta throw him out there now and, and and it's one of those where, you know, hey hey Glover, thanks, but you know, Father Time caught up with you, buddy.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. And uh, I I wanted to buy in. I really did, because he is not a guy who has had significant injury issues. So I, I really wanted to believe that he had another year or two of his uh, borderline, if not blatantly elite play. Uh, But between preseason and the first two games, it it, it doesn't mean he can't still do something for this team. He certainly can. Um, I just don't know that we want to rely on him as heavily as we have in the past. Exact
3: same as Stafford. Anyway, uh- <laughs> <laughs>
4: I think he's a couple of years older than staff.
3: Isn't <laughs> I had a tough little bomb out there. Anyway, Riz, thanks a lot, man. Again, appreciate all you do for us, and uh, thanks for joining us again this week for Riz's wisdom.
6: Thank you so much, and go Lions!
3: All right, that's going to do it for this week. Remember, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback. That's what makes it your show. But be sure to tell your friends about it too. Get your friends listening. They they love the Lions. They need this kind of. Therapy, the way these games have been going. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Or go to the website, Detroit Lions and click on the Patreon button. Spare a buck a month or maybe a little more. Help the show, uh, do the stuff we do and help us grow and get get better and get more amazing at all these these crazy things we're rocking out. Check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. And make sure to follow us on the Twitter machine at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. It's the very best place to see Case with no pants on. All right. Give us a call via Skype Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word Detroit Lions Podcast or call us the Lions Line. 929-33-Lions. 929-335-4667. Get a chance to put the team on blast. Tell us what you think. Also, go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the show. That way we can all come in your little box magically. Thank you for tuning in. We're gonna see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. It's your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection.
1: Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.
0: Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally. That call was 100% wrong.
3: Go get laid, my friend.